Please. No, that was mine. Jack Ryan is back in action. This time, he thought he had brought him to justice. I'll see you now, He was wrong. The ultimate tactical warrior, the Super Cyber, comes standard with the Gatling gun. A pulsating laser generator. Hey, everybody, it's the Cannon Cruisers. I'm JD. And I'm Randy, and this week we're back with another exciting edition of the non-canonical adventures of JD and Randy. And this week we took a look at a Sam Furstenberg film by the name of Cyborg Cop 2, all the way back from 1994. Cyborg Cop 2. His last proper action movie. Starring David Bradley, Jill Pierce, Morgan Hunter... And a bunch of other people. And you might think, it's called Cyborg Cop 2. That means it's a sequel to Cyborg Cop 1. It is actually not a sequel to Cyborg it Cop It just has 1. the same title and same similar actors, same actors. Same and, director. Uh, and same director. And, uh, mm-hmm. and while, like the first movie, there are cyborgs and there are cops, there are no cops that are cyborgs. No, there aren't. <laughs> it's, it's a weird title that they managed to somehow have for these movies where... It has nothing to actually do with any of the characters in said movie. And I'm just going to be 150% lazy on this one mm-hmm. and just read it from the IMDb, the uh, descriptor for the movie. Uh-huh. A police officer comes up against a psychopathic brother of a man he killed. When the brother is captured in a shootout, a government agency turns him into a cyborg who soon escapes and concocts a plan to destroy the human race. Yeah, that's pretty much the entire story. And that man's name? Stark Raven. Oh, yeah. I love that name for a villain's name. This movie is like Sam Furstenberg realized somehow that I'm not going to make another action movie after this one, so I'm just going to do everything I feel like doing in an action movie. And that's exactly what this is. I'm getting too old for this. Yeah. I don't know why I did it like a Russian man. He did did stuff after this, mostly like dramas and some uh, horror stuff, but this is the last proper action movie that he, he actually made, and... Boy, howdy, is this an action movie, because... It (laughs) escalates. Unlike other movies that I'm not going to name here that I was talking about while watching this, where they peak within the first half an hour Mm -hmm. because of Netflix metrics. Yeah. This movie just slowly escalates on its low-budget action. And it doesn't start at a low-action moment, either. It starts at a pretty high one. Yeah. It feels like this would have been, like... The conclusion to, like, say, Death Wish 3, that's the opening of your movie. <laughs> and then it escalates from there with an yeah. army of cyborg men. Not cyborg cops, but cyborg men. Yeah, there's shootouts, there's fist fights, there's explosive battles. There's... Do you like explosions, JD? Oh, there's a lot of explosions in this one. And somehow they managed to escalate those as well. Until at the <laughs> end, and it, it spoilers, a... Uh, Nuclear power plant explodes. It act, uh, there's an actual plant at the end that explodes itself to take out the final villain, which is, wow. I don't know how he managed that one, but he managed that one. So, like, normally we would just describe the plot of the movie, but that's pretty much the yeah, plot I, I of read the movie. It. I just read, up, read, read the plot, yeah. What the whole thing is, is David Bradley's character, who is called Jack Ryan, no relation to the Tom Clancy character... Who has to stop Stark Raven, the villain, who gets turned into a cyborg, 
from uh, destroying the world. So he has to figure out everything up to what Stark Raven is and where he is. So he gets tangled up with feds and a whole bunch of crap along the way. It's wow. It's just it's it's, uh, it's like... explosive, really. It's hard to it's hard to really go into it without just like saying everything that happened along the way. But a lot does happen to get to the end. It's just a lot of action, and you'd have to describe pretty much every action sequence in this movie, which would be longer than the movie itself if we did that. This is honestly probably one of the more action-packed films we've seen in a while. It's kind of so, surprising. So we may have just have been suffering from a little bit of Stockholm Syndrome and are being broken out from it. But well, this is probably, yeah, this is the most action-packed movie we've well, seen it is Well, it is kind of surprising for, like I said, multiple reasons. For one, canon itself was not making movies like this at this point. Oh, and did we mention that this, is, you watch this <laughs> and go, hey, this is basically a canon film. <laughs> it is basically a canon movie. And I guess having Sam Furstenberg directing it helps with that and having david bradley star in it as well um the thing that that gets me about the movie is as i said it feels like a movie you would have watched in like 1989 it does not feel like a movie you would have been watching in 1994 and also that the movie apparently had a box office release like it actually was released yeah it wasn't a straight to video one that's kind of bizarre it's not something you would have expected I don't think it had a lot of money, but... Uh, no, no, it is a direct-to-video action film. Okay, never mind, okay. Yeah. I don't think at this point in time these types of movies were really uh, being getting that kind of exposure. Which is probably one of the, the reasons this is more or less, like I said, his last action movie. And, oh, and right, I forgot to mention this, that mm-hmm. that Stark Raven, Jesse Stark Raven. Yeah. Um, when he becomes a cyborg, he's he, the only person who calls him Stark Raven is... Uh, Jack Ryan's and the yeah. David Bradley character, but his his new name is now Spartacus yeah. Cyborg, and he he likes to go around and going, I mm-hmm. am Spartacus, and somebody even goes and is like, oh, like in the movie, <laughs> like, yeah, this this film is is it really does feel like because when you talk about Sam Furstenberg's uh, action movies, he started with Revenge of the Ninja way back. In 1983, which was the movie that pretty much set what canon was going to be from that point forward. And watching this right after just feels like kind of like throwing everything into, including the kitchen sink, into this. I'm going to get all of this out of my system. This is going to be, this is going to be it. And from that movie to this movie... It does feel like Sam Furstenberg knew how to make these movies almost better than anybody, especially with uh, lower budgets, because if you didn't know this was a lower budget, you might be fooled into thinking it had a higher one than it actually had, which is, again, something only he could really do. So just because I get a laugh out of these every single time I see it, mm-hmm. the top tags for this on IMDb... yeah. Listen to how many times I have to say female to read these off. Female nudity. Low budget sci-fi movie. Female police officer. Female police officer killed. Police officer. <laughs> okay, those are random. Hey, it had the important one. Female nudity. Because there's a lot of it. Well, mostly at the beginning of the movie to really set set the tone for the film going forward because... I think we should probably just talk about the opening sequence in relation to the rest of the movie because... When I say this feels like, let's say, the ending of Death Wish 3 or like 
the elim the uh, the exterminator too. I'm not joking. It does feel exactly like that. There's a there's an introduction of the villain uh, character, and then our real villain comes in. There's firefights, things exploding, and then our hero comes in as like it feels like a final confrontation where they literally battle each other to the death. Yeah, in a uh, power plant, and and ex and in, and and escalates. And if and and then his partner gets shot, and you feel like this feels like the end of a movie. How could they possibly make it more intense from this point? And somehow, despite all the craziness in this opening sequence, it does. So, if you want like really funny, um, I also like to look at what the French Canadian French uh, title for the movie is, mm -hmm. because usually they are absolute nonsense. Yeah. This movie in Canada was called. Stark Raven, Cyborg Cop 2. Stark Raven. Stark Raven, colon, <laughs> Cyborg Cop 2. They could have just called it Cyborg Cop 2 because they did not change anything. They didn't call it Police de Cyborg 2. It was yeah. literally Stark Raven, Cyborg Cop 2. Well, I can't fault them for trying to use the title Cyborg Cop because... And the alternate title to Cyborg Cop 2, like in general, it was also known as Cyborg Soldier. So it's like, I, it feels more like they tacked on the Cyborg uh, Cop 2, to, the number 2 onto it just to get more eyes on it. Like Troll 2. Eh, I would guess so. Though in this case, I would say Cyborg Cop 2 is better than Cyborg Cop 1. You know, uh, you know what the movie's called in France? Yeah. Cyborg Cop 2. <laughs> That's that's very helpful. So yeah, the thing to take away from this movie is like we're covering this one when we're covering this one for a pretty good reason. For one, like we're near the end of our whole uh, canon canon journey of all these movies we covered, and it's also was pretty much the end of that sort of thing at the time as well when it came out. Like honestly, if if. Canon hadn't disappeared before this movie came out, before Cyborg Cop 1 came out, these mm -hmm. would more than likely have been canon films. These are canon films in pretty much everything but name. If it seems like the only real reason they weren't is because canon at this time was closing. And, and principal staff on it, you listen mm -hmm. to it and you're going, huh, these names sound familiar. And yeah. the producers and the scriptwriters and, and all the people who worked on it. Yeah. Almost as if Sam Furstenberg had a crew that he was used to working with that worked on a lot of canon films. Yeah, this kind of era kind of pretty much finished off a year later in 95 with speed and then like i said canon closed there's a bomb on the bus yeah and then like action movies pretty much changed into like michael bay style epic movies for a while so it was it was a, it was a different change after this so it does feel like in the end that this was like i got i this is my big chance to just do everything i wanted to do with an action movie and sam Burstenberg just went out there and did it which is well, might as well just go into uh, highlights or lowlights. Which one do you want to start with? I'm going to lead off with the lowlights okay. because these are the lowest of the lows. Mm -hmm. Straight to DVD, uh, straight to video, video. movie. Um, acting is pretty bad. It's, it's, acting is pretty all over the place. Mm. But also uh, talking about a um, mm -hmm. too much of a good thing. There are too many explosions to the point where it cheapens it. I get it. It's That's <laughs> the practical effect you can do. Especially but there's then. way too many explosions, way too many things on fire. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of like, we get it. Cyborgs explode. We get it. Yeah. For me, uh, I would say uh, it's probably that I like the 
cyborg concept itself, but I think the cyborgs of all things look better in the first movie than this one. Yeah, it's, they, they literally look like they're wearing football equipment underneath the, uh, their jumpsuits. Yeah, it's a bit it's a bit like weird. It doesn't really feel as cyborgy as that. And, and they look more fake, like faker. Mm, yeah, it, it's, it's a strange look. And uh, unfortunately, because other than that, I might as well just go into highlights at this point, is that everything else is used properly and that sounds strange to say but like we've watched so many movies where like you're, you're watching it's like why didn't they do this or oh, they could have done this but in this movie i'm just thinking about it like everything i wanted to see in this type of movie sam Furstenberg pulled it off even had the the classic uh chekhov's gun with the lighter at the beginning of the movie actually be the thing at the end that kills the villain yeah he sets which, him on fire in a, in a power plant which is like that's what you're supposed to want in these sorts of movies, and that's what you get. And every single thing about it, from the action sequences to the choreography to even the one-liners, are pretty enjoyable. And as I said, too, it's an action movie, which means pretty much every scene has some sort of action going on, whether it's a heated confrontation or somebody running a phone booth over or smashing a desk with a, a baseball bat. There's something... To, to remind you to be engaged with what's going on and that the next one is going to be even bigger, which it is. And yeah, that was the best part was that there was an escalation is that the, this movie, the, the directing was great. The, mm-hmm. the pacing of the action was great. Yeah, it just... Sorry, not so much. But yeah, it, 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 he he did the, the work. pretty typical, but yeah. it works for the, for the action. So it's not as... It's not as distracting as it would be like in the first Cyborg Cop movie where like you're waiting for 20 minutes for anything to actually happen because he has to find the place and all this. No, in this movie, it's just we already know what the stakes are and uh, now we have to have our main character confront the villain. That's pretty much it. And as far as these sorts of action movies go, like this probably would have been a highlight for canon if it was allowed to come out under their umbrella. But because it didn't and it kind of got you know, overshadowed by the fact that these sorts of movies became uh, direct-to-video at this point. It's a lot more obscure than some of the other ones we covered. Even though it was kind of re-released as part of Rift Tracks, like there's a digital copy of it with them talking over this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Still not as well-known. This movie is... Since I feel like it's naturally heading this way for review-wise, is that this movie by no... Mm-hmm. No, no, anything is isn't isn't a great film, but mm-hmm. it's one of those really bad movies that are great. Like you, you know, what, you know what I mean? You like mean it's, like Miami Connection. Yeah, exactly. Like it's very genuine. It's like mm-hmm. it, it, you can tell that they had fun doing this. Um, we're gonna make an action movie, and we're gonna do everything we want to do in an action. It's movie. almost like kids at play, like like mm-hmm. what they're doing. It's just like, oh, we're just, oh yeah, we can explode as much as we want because we in South Africa. Yeah, everything you want to see, like is it in this type of movie? They they do. And they do it, and then some as well. So many people in uh, flame-proof suits being set on fire. Yeah, it's as it. It feels like the end of a sort of thing that you just don't see too often after that. And I was pretty much engaged the whole way through the movie. I have to admit. And in fact, I think this movie might be considered. It falls into that thing where people uh, talk about the best of the worst. Mm-hmm. So it's like this is supposed to be like one of the great bad movies. Hmm. 
Well, I wouldn't call it like a Troll 2 style like bad movie because that just implies that it fails at doing what it wants to do and succeeds at what but it's, it's not a fair, trying to do. But it's a fairly competent action but film. But you watch this because you want to watch an action movie. And as an action movie, the action's good and you enjoy it. So It's like I'm more than likely I mean, going to remember more about this movie than I'll remember about uh, mm. Cyborg Cop 1 other than Cyborg Cop 1 where I kept going... Why is there no cop and why is there no why why is there no cyborg? What's going on here? Why is there not a cyborg cop? Yeah, it's like it's a very over the top movie and it's a lot of fun to watch and it gives you everything you want out of a movie like this. And also, might as well say this cuz while we're talking about it, is watching this movie uh, and after watching like the David Bradley movies we watched, it's oh, God. it's strange watching how much he changed. Because when we the first movie we saw him in was American Ninja Three, and he was that, bad. That felt like they just took him like out of a karate competition, just threw him into a movie like right off, and just threw him into his set. Here's here's a man that somehow acts worse than Steven Seagal in all of his movies and in life. But in every movie he's done since then, there's been an improvement, and in this movie, he's pretty enjoyable the whole way through. Yeah, by this point, he's taken like two or three acting classes, and he's, he's like. Just, He's like, I know, I know, he fits. I, I know what I, uh, how I work and how I work is if I have to play this exact type of character, yeah, which is the exact same character he plays in American, in American Ninja five, which was also American, fun. AKA because, American dragons. Because by the, like I said, by this point it felt more like he was more into it. So it's less, it was less distracting. So it, it's like, at this point he's like, I know what my career trajectory is. I'm going to be and, doing a bunch for the rest of, of my life. A bunch of straight-to-video actioners, not big budget, but eh, I'll get a paycheck out of it. Yeah, like I said, in a lot of ways, this feels like a culmination of a lot of those sorts of things, which kind of adds to the fun of watching the movie. And and now to bring it back around to canon again, JD, mm-hmm. which movie do you think had a higher budget? This or or uh, Revenge of the Ninja... Uh, sorry, not Revenge of the Ninja. Ninja 3, The Domination. Probably, uh, probably uh, Ninja 3, because at that point... Uh, at that point, Canon was just starting to go up in budgets. By this point, I don't even really know how much budget you would get for a direct DVD or direct to VHS. Saying DVD, but it's VHS movie at this time. Hey, at least you're only stumbling on that and not saying direct to Blu-ray. Like, no, we, we, we never moved up on the formats. Well, direct, Yay. well, direct to Blu-ray is a bit different because those don't really exist anymore. It's just streaming and then Blu-ray. Because Hi, Randy. I'm Vinegar Syndrome. I'm here to tell you that we're releasing it on a Blu-ray. No, you're not. Go away, you figment my imagination. I'll be honest with you. If they did put out Cyborg Cop 2, I probably would grab it. This... Yeah, if they did Cyborg Cop 1 and 2 in a 2 set, I'd be like, that yeah. Works. Yeah, I'll buy that day one for $60 Canadian. And, and since we're talking about that, might as well go into talking about 3. Is that 3 doesn't have anything to do with the first two, even less, because... Not directed by Sam Furstenberg, not starring David Bradley, and it was changed to Cyborg Cop 3 after the movie was already finished. So, really doesn't have much of anything to do with the, the movie. The Recycler! And it's also, I think, after the point we cover movies on here, so... Yeah. It is what it is. I, I think literally the latest film we cover is like 96. Yeah, because that was the last canon movie literally put out, even though it was made earlier. No, I, actually, I think that the, that was because it was Mortal Kombat. No, 95 is Mortal Kombat. Yeah. So like like I said, it's it might it might have been a a, a Death uh, Wish movie that might have been the latest one. That was I think ninety four Death Wish five the last one. But yeah, so I wish it was called Death Wish five the last one. <laughs> all in all, like I can see why this one is a like a cult favorite for people who like these sorts of movies. And at the same time, I think it genuinely succeeds at what it wants to be because it's not trying to do anything other than what it is. 
And for what it's trying to do, I think it does it as well as what can be expected. So with all that said, mm-hmm. that phrase I say when yeah. I'm trying to wrap it up because we're hitting 20 minutes, what would you rate Cyborg Cop 2 from canon favorite Sam Fersenberg? Well, it's definitely better than the first one. I don't know if I would put it up with like his best ones that we've no, seen. No, it's not up there with the like best. Like Revenge of the Ninja or Ninja 3, but... Or Breaking 2 with the a crazy-ass room. But it feels very close to that tier. So I'm going to give it a 4 out of 5. I had a lot of fun watching this movie, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to be watching it again because I had a lot of fun watching this one, and I definitely want to see it again afterwards. I do want to see it again, but I really can't give it that high of a... Of a... Mm. of a rating so i'm gonna go with a nice comfortable three. Oh yeah because it's not a great movie mm. not a bad movie though but it's a fun movie yeah and it's the perfect saturday afternoon like i don't even know what day of the week we are right now <laughs> uh friday afternoon movie yeah. um and to just watch hang out with your bro get ready to make some barbecue and <laughs> uh enjoy a film yeah if you haven't seen this one yet and you're like into these sorts of canon movies, B movies. This is definitely one you want to you want to check out because you're also have a good nearly time. impossible to find because it never had a DVD release. Yes, and a lot of it gets removed, put up on YouTube all the time because that's how this game works. And whoever owns the movie really needs to get on putting it out somewhere. So, yeah, it's like we're we're trying to manifest Vinegar Syndrome releasing it. <laughs> It'd be nice. It's, it's going to end up being Kino instead. Yes, <laughs> but you you put you you finally got on uh, on undefeatable out there which has been missing in action for like 25 years so get on this one please thank you that's all i gotta say i keep forgetting about undefeatable i gotta pre-order that order that all right so that's all we gotta say about this one everybody thank you for listening we'll see you next time when we continue our cruise through the canon or non-canon catalog shouldn't there be a record scratch there because we we're technically done jd yeah but are we? What's the next episode we're doing? Uh, yeah, you're <laughs> right. Okay, yeah, we'll be back next week with... Something very long. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like, if you remember what we do after... This is the end of the season, so we yeah. can finally do the recap episode, except that we watched over 30 movies. Yeah. Now, look at the, now look at our episode list for this season and remember what we have to cover. And for the people who are going to be sticking around for the canon, uh, um, go over... There's over 50 movies on that yeah. one. So, so we're going to be like talking about just going through these things it'll again a for a while. Let's just say it'll be a while. <laughs> All right. Okay. See That's you next week. One. See you next time. Goodbye. A pulsating laser generator. High intensity. Blink. Doctor, is there any weakness? Anything that could cause a malfunction of Hello, Ryan. How is it that a mass murder on death row gets turned into a cyborg? My operation. I don't need a loose cannon. Yeah, well, you need something. Now I'm about the best thing you've got right now. Now, can he stop a deadly new generation of cyborg? The battle has begun. Cyborg Cop 2.